Hello, and welcome back to Film Posers for Boricuas ranting, raving, and reviewing cinema. Today, we are bringing back what we recently watched. And you know what? While we're on the subject, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, and happy Pride Month. We over here at Film Posers hope that every member of the LGBTQIA community have a fun month where you can truly live your lives to the fullest and by your own rules. Gay rights. Gay rights, always. And our flag means death was renewed on the first day of Pride Month. Like, we really want. Very appropriate, because that's one of the shows I was going to talk about. <laughs> and we're going to get to that. So honestly, never be afraid to be unapologetically yourselves. Love who you want to love. And know that the film posers will always stand with the LGBTQIA plus community. We are proud of you every day, but we are extra proud of you this month. And for today's episode, we're going to have a chill episode where we literally catch up and chit-chat with each other through one of the series, which is one of our favorites, actually, the What We Watched Recently. And I think it's fair to say this year has been recently been a lot on all of us. A lot has been happening. So it's moments like this where we're glad to be able to get together and hopefully entertain you for a while and give you some great recommendations on what new content you should consider watching, especially since it is the summer. And everyone's going to be watching content this summer. There's a lot to keep up with. So there's actually quite a bit of content we've all recently watched. So the first show we're going to talk about is Heartstopper. Now, if I have understood correctly, I've watched this show. I literally finished it right before this recording. And Josie has watched this show. Has anyone else in Film Posters watched this show? I am so sorry. I, I was going to make Gabriela watch it today since the first day of Pride. <laughs> I know. It's the first day of Pride. I need to get on it. Well, you know what? We're here to tell you this is absolutely one of the first things you should put on your watch list, especially because it's Pride Month. Now, I'm someone who has read the four books, the four volumes. Shout out to one of my best friends, Caroline, who was persistent in getting me to read them. And I was intrigued. Because they're cute. They're really cute and they're really easy to read. Kind of, Kind of dark. <laughs> it kind of takes a turn there, it but uh, it's always supportive. It's really wholesome too. So you know, with book adaptation, book to movie adaptations, book to series adaptations, you, you know, we're pretty skeptical here because you know you usually love the book, then the adaptation just doesn't live up to the hype sometimes. But for me, this series felt very faithful to the first book, and it's very, very well done. Uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Josie. Josie, what do you think of Heartstopper? I loved Heartstopper. I've <laughs> I've rewatched it twice, which is a very that's not an impressive number. But let me just say that I love how the second time watching it, I was watching it like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? And it's like, Josie, ya tú lo viste, qué caramba. <laughs> so it's a really entertaining show. It hooks you in, and it always feels like you're watching it for the first time. It's just so wholesome. The entire cast is so sweet. You can tell they had fun with it, like in that environment and just acting with each other. And it is the show we need right now. Absolutely. And for those of you who do not know what Heartstopper is, besides that I'm seeing all of you put this on your watch list, it's on Netflix. It is a series of like eight episodes. They're like 30 minutes each episode. Perfect way to spend your afternoon. And it is about teens Charlie and Nick who discover their unlikely friendship might be something more as they navigate school 
and the Young Love in This Coming of Age series. So the show is very fresh on my mind. I just watched it. I read the books earlier this year. Um, one of the things I loved about the show is that normally with a lot of LGBTQ plus movies or TV shows, there's usually like an element of sadness around it. And like eventually you get to the point where it's like, oh no, I know what's going to happen. It's not going to end well. Oh God, no, 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 no. But here, there's just like a genuine amount of positivity and joy that I just find so refreshing. Like I did while I was reading it, at least the first book, because as Josie said, you know, they take a turn. They they take a right turn in the books, but it's still really good. Um, the books are actually really hard to find right now in some of your local bookstores. You can get them. Everywhere, everywhere. My bookstore is always sold out. Barnes and Noble just started selling out. And I'm like, haha. Yeah, I actually That's what you get for hoarding so many copies. I actually saw <laughs> it I actually saw online. It says as of this recording, temporarily out of stock, but we'll be shipping the back order on August fifteenth. All four volumes. Yeah, it's it's back ordered everywhere. Right now at my store, we only have volume four. A really good volume. But also kind of leaves you like, oh, I need to, also, I need volume five. <laughs> but also, for example, I only have volume one in my possession. The the rest of it, I've read it on Webtoon. So if you want to save money or you're too impatient, mm-hmm. you can finish the series on Webtoon. Absolutely. But if you're a physical media collector, like you love physical books, this is one of the books yeah. I recommend at some point when they're available. Um, you can you should and definitely so get cute. them. They are. And like when I was reading the books, the anime, the draw, the animation style is just so beautiful and it's so pleasant to look at. And it's like it's very soothing. That's what this whole show is like. Obviously, you have topics here that are normal for teenagers to explore in their own time. But, you know, it's never done in a depressing way. You always find that there's like a small sliver of hope. Also, thank you to the casting department of this show for casting real teenagers in a show set in oh, high yeah. school. We've all and seen And they're them. just uh-huh. perfect for each of their roles. They're, like the casting here is top notch. Like, I know this sounds like a reach, but you'd be surprised. Like we've all seen the shows where some people are like 29 and they're playing high schoolers in certain films or TV shows. And then you don't realize the age because they look so young and you're just like, just drop the skincare routine. We need it. We need to know what we're not doing correctly. So again, it's refreshing. It's real. I felt like I really was seeing real people explore this in real time. I, I just think the show is fantastic. Like when we were growing up, we had high school shows. Uh, in our case, like The Boy Meets World, Degrassi. Like right now I see two spectrums of high school shows in terms of popularity what's building like a fandom and you have euphoria and heartstopper which is the (laughs) anti-euphoria it's really nice and i feel like the more people are exposed to a positive form of storytelling like this even if it is partially idealistic it can show this generation and upcoming generations that this is how the world could be that it's how it should be like how homophobia transphobia and bullying are not okay racism is not okay bigotry is not okay here when there are comments thrown in the show, like people get called out for it, shown that they are wrong. Like you even had the teachers here who defended Charlie. Like one of them offered the room so he can hide out during lunch from them because he was getting bullied. Like it's really just a joyous and sweet program. And it's so refreshing to see a positive queer show. If anything, it shows that we need, we need more uplifting queer programs. 
because it shouldn't be a groundbreaking feeling to be like, oh my God, a positive queer show. But it kind of is, you know? Like, I can't think back to the last time where it felt like a really positive one that at least I've watched that was very well promoted, you know? Yeah, I agree. The next show we're going to talk about is the one and only show on Hulu. It is a hilarious, hilarious show. Also needs to be on your watch, on your watch list called Abbott Elementary. Now, this follows a group of teachers brought together in one of the worst public schools in the country simply because they love teaching. Now, Anna, Anna, I think, is the reason we've all, well, the three of us have seen Abbott Elementary because Anna was the pioneer in the film posters chat for Abbott Elementary. Then I watched it. And then Josie watched it. And it was a domino effect ever since. Yes. So I'm going to actually start this off with Anna. Anna, what do you think of Abbott Elementary? So it all started because in my timeline, people started tweeting about it. And I also followed Quinta Brunson on Twitter. So I was like, you know what? Let me check it out. People are also like, we're telling like, if you like The Office, you're also going to like um, Abbott Elementary. So I watched the first episode and oh my God, it was so wholesome, so hilarious. I related a lot to the jokes because I, I was working as a teacher for a while. A lot of the things that happened there, it also has happened to me in real life. I was like, damn, <laughs> I kind of feel attacked right now. But I loved it. It is a very quotable show. My favorite is Sweet Baby Jesus. And the <laughs> like, what? Grown one, two. My desk has been tested. <laughs> <laughs> and the other hand we got like oh I'm a feminist I let you pay everything <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and yeah it's just very hilarious it's just when you wanna like de-stress from a long day just go and watch elementary and I'm really glad that it got renewed for a second season. And we're going to get it this year. <laughs> Thank God. And I'm so glad that you guys finally got to watch it. <laughs> I was bugging y'all in the chat. You were, but yeah. you were promoting your agenda and you did it so well. <laughs> yeah, I loved Abbott Elementary. I Another show that I watched in an entire day and then watch the last episode live. Again, this doesn't happen with me with TV shows. This is how good the TV shows I've been watching are. I'm on a roll. I have to keep this up. Um, love this show. Like Anna said, it's extremely quotable. It has one of the funniest lines I've heard in a sitcom in a really long time, which involves one of my favorite characters, Ava. And it's said by Gregory. And he said, Ava's biggest improvements in the school include renaming the Wi-Fi network Bad Bitches Only and putting 26-inch rims on one of the school buses. Is this how I do the job? No. She's hilarious, honestly. Like, yeah. the, the, most memorable, <laughs> the most memorable scene I got from her was she, when she saw um, his co-worker's boyfriend for the first time. <laughs> and she was like, I know what you're thinking. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> no. You were all thinking it. I was the one who said it. Don't look at me like that. We always look at you like that. It's such a good show. It's hilarious. Josie, what do you think of Abbott Elementary? 
again another show that I just started rewatching because it came to the point where I finished it and I would watch it when I was cooking then when I was eating that was like we all have that show that we watch while we're eating yes that was mine and when I finished it I felt empty so what did I do now sometimes I just go back to specific episodes that I really liked and I just watch those what's your favorite episode Mano, <laughs> such a know. hard question. Uh huh. I love them all. <laughs> I really do like the pilot just to study the structure. Mm-hmm. That's the one I watch the most. Yeah, if you're ever writing a sitcom, you're absolutely right. That is the pilot that you need to watch so you can understand a structure if you want to do a The Office or a Parks and Recreation style, but evolve it, expand upon it, make no, it better. Yeah. Because it takes no, what yeah, works like and right makes it better. Now, Right now, I told Gabriela, I'm working, I have an idea, I'm still outlining it, um, for a show like that, but set in a bookstore, because I've seen some shit. <laughs> I need the show ASAP. And, yeah, my comps are like Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary, and Superstore, so I've been watching those. Like, rewatching the pilot for those three shows, absolutely, like, TV has never been so great. agree and like Anna said this is coming back in the fall so now is the perfect time to watch it on Hulu all 13 episodes are there and if you don't believe how great this show is how successful the show is in the fall when it is returning it is taking over the modern family slot on ABC that is a huge deal that is set for Mm -hmm. the show the sitcom the one that is going to give them the ratings it is that good and honestly you need to be watching it you have to trust us we're not going to steer you wrong this show is hilarious and i just like how the comedy like it's very wholesome it doesn't need and you know any like in you know how in other comedies like they tend to do like jokes that are like off-putting and such well this one is just very wholesome and I appreciate those kind of like TV shows that they don't need to rely on that kind of humor to be funny. Yeah, it's actually it's actually a pretty good show for families because the child actors here are really good. They steal a lot of the scenes. Like that is they are really funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way that an entire family could watch this show, like before and find something to enjoy about it. It's really great to see that kind of television come back. And I know we don't like to do award predictions so early, but I'm telling you as of right now, this show has to be nominated at the Emmys for multiple categories. And I will not accept less. This is the show, I'm sorry, Gabriela, and I hope you're seated. This is the show I could see unseating Ted Lasso for best comedy series. I said it and I will stand by this. The stakes are high on this one. <laughs> it's a really good show. It's so quotable. And I'm not just saying that because I tweet a lot of the memes. That's on what? Period. See, we're constantly <laughs> quoting it in this episode. It's impact on another level. Watch it. Judge for yourselves. Enjoy it. It's great for the summer. Great on an afternoon. Just saying. The entirety of screenwriting Twitter was going crazy over it. all my friends that are getting into TV writing, 
like that is another reason why I decided to watch it because it was Anna, it was all my screenwriting friends, and I'm like, okay, this episode, this show is good. <laughs> yeah, I think when y'all found out I did it in a day, you were like, wait, you, you watched the series in a day? Of all people, you and I'm like, yeah, yes, the one who's bad with TV series has done it. it. Okay. Thinking about it now, I can't remember what the episode was, but I think my I'm gonna say I don't have a favorite episode yet, but my favorite moment is when she goes outside and he goes behind her with the umbrella. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, that is when I died. I can't wait to see how their relationship progresses. Yes, I need answers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that season finale, it's such a good season finale, too. It's exciting. I love that clip. It's fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna, for your service. You're welcome. You're welcome. Gracias, Anna. <laughs> so next up, we're going to talk about a film that recently hit Disney+. Plus. It is a film I have been dying to see, and I will make sure I get onto it this week. And it is called Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. If y'all do not know what Chip and Dale are, the the iconic cartoons, I'm so sorry for you. So sorry you did not grow up with them. They're hilarious. But this movie is about decades since their successful television series was canceled. Chip has succumbed to a life of suburban domesticity as an insurance salesman. Dale, meanwhile, has had CGI surgery and works the nostalgia convention circuit, desperate to relive his glory days. When a former castmate mysteriously disappears, Chip and Dale must report, must repair their broken friendship and take on their Rescue Rangers detective personas once again to save their friend's life. This sounds so much like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm so pissed that I haven't seen it. Yep. It is literally Who yeah. Framed Roger Rabbit. So and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Yes. And I just love how so many people are finding out about that movie now. Right? Yeah, because of Chip and Dale. Because of Chip and Dale, so many people are like, "Oh, this is similar to Roger Rabbit," but obviously, Roger Rabbit is much darker than Chip and Dale. Imagino, yeah. Chip and Dale is more family friendly, you know. Mami nunca me dejaron ver Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. Oh, we're going to fix but that. After Chip and Dale, I was like, yeah, after Chip and Dale, I was like, it is time. <laughs> Chip and Dale was great. Josie and I watched it together and we had the time of our lives. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, it's not even um, a joke. All, I did, okay, all, all that happened was that I saw that clip oh on. My- <laughs> <laughs> I saw that clip on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bjornister, do you have any cheese for yourself? <laughs> Whatever, please. I got the monster, the gouda, the bread. <laughs> do you have any stinky cheese? You cops. <laughs> I saw that clip and immediately walked over to Gabriela's room and I was like, we're watching Chippendale. <laughs> and we watched Chippendale, and we liked it. <laughs> we loved it. It was a great time. Wait, Josie, is that yeah, clip your new know. The Muffin Man? <laughs> yes! Do you know this ping-pong? Yes, he's got a face with a face with a face. Yes, he's got a face with 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 a face
That's sweet. I think those are like, that's the new Muffin Man for this new generation. Or it better be because it was funny. Honestly, how I was convinced to watch this movie was when I saw Ugly Sonic on my Ugly Sonic. <laughs> Ugly Sonic. I lost my mind. Okay, but Ugly Sonic came through in the end. I can't no believe it. At all. The way they kept focusing on his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that they passed the design for this movie. Honestly, it is genius. I was fucking. I was. Oh my god. And I think what 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 truly had Josie and I on the floor laughing was the whole bootlegging thing. Mira, see, that is kind of, that is original. That was an original. Yeah, I was so happy. I was, yeah, I was like, this is original. This is this person really. Whoever thought of that, like, they know the internet. Yeah, exactly. The way I think one of my favorite jokes also was when they reached Uncanny Valley. Oh my god. And they mentioned Polar Express. I was like, oh my god, no one is saying it. No, see? <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that we grow up with this type of animation. <laughs> I loved I loved this movie. It was really fun. It was really funny. I loved how like we recognize each character that it, it got passed by you know, a lot of movie and TV show references. Yeah. <laughs> See, see, we even have Roger Rabbit appear. Roger Rabbit made it. Oh my god! Movie. Like it's such a fun movie. It is. It is. I was not expecting it to love it as much as I did. It was fucking great. I I love this multiverse of madness kind of thing. Oh, this was better than multiverse of madness. I actually just found a tweet that I sent mm-hmm. when the trailer came out. And it says, this film will be my Citizen King. <laughs> it will be one. It will not disappoint. So I need to see this film this week. And I need to figure out where in my top 10 it's going to land. Because I know it's going to land in my top 10. I don't know where. My top 10 of the year is a mess right now. I don't know how I'm going to make it to the end of the year. All I know is Scream will for sure be number one. Like, it has to. I can't see anyone else dethroning it. Although maybe Chip and Dale will. Who knows? Stay tuned. You yeah. know what? What I felt to be sad. Okay, I wish this movie could have, like, I could have seen it on sí. theaters. Yo pensaba que estaba en cine hasta que vi que estaba en Disney Plus, which made me happy because then literally I just walked over again to Gabriela's room and I was like, "We're watching it," and then we were able to watch it. So I did like that. But I was already like, when I saw that clip about you cops, <laughs> I was already planning on like I was ready. Yo, vamos al cine, vamos a ver, get the popcorn. I was ready to commit. So, mm-hmm. I kind of wish I had had that experience of going to the theater. But I also liked how it is pretty accessible. And it's been doing very well because of that. Yeah. It has. Yeah. It also looks like a great movie for the summer afternoon. Just to relax, yeah. chit, kick back, laugh your heart out, and just enjoy yourself. <laughs> which I will be doing. Now we've talked about the hilarious Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We got to talk about this one film that we've all seen. I think everyone in film Twitter has seen this film. It is from A24. It is A24's most successful domestic grossing film ever. Amen. The third highest 
grossing movie for A24 worldwide. We are talking about the one, the only, everything, everywhere, all at once. Such a masterpiece. Fuck yeah. Doctor Strange who? I'm so glad it did come up before Doctor Strange because I think it would have suffered because of all multiverse of madness. And it was able to like be its own thing. Yeah. So I really like that. Even though Um, A24 did a good job with this film, even though they really should have started promoting it more from the beginning but then they were like oh this is actually good well let's do something about that but this lucked out this film for those of you who don't know week to week at the box office has been having some legs it has been doing very well at the box office for a film they didn't even think would make it this far word of mouth has been so positive that even theater owners are saying like yo this film is doing what no one thought was possible. It is bringing so many people yeah. based on word of mouth. And it's not an MCU property. It's not one of the mm-hmm. big studios bringing out a huge film that everyone just knows they have to see. Hell, in Puerto Rico, I didn't even see many trailers for it in front of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, this was just based on yeah. word of mouth. And it's doing really well still. Even with Multiverse of Madness out, it is still doing really well. As it should. Yeah, when I saw it, the theater was packed and it made me very happy yeah and the second time i saw it was at the imax at lincoln square and it was full i saw it at the nighthawk nighthawk please sponsor me here here in puerto rico if they we can only see it on fine arts no this is the one time they went a little bit wider they had fine arts montelledra san patricio yeah because so many people were asking (laughs) yeah 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 wasn't it because it was like a week later they came, okay, we're going to expand No, that was the Northman. That was the Northman. The Northman had that issue, but it's great to see those two films that are getting that much attention because he, if you don't know what happened in Puerto Rico, real quick something. Northman was only going to open in Fine Arts Popular. Those are like the indie theaters here. There are only like two and they're both in the metro area. But people on the West Coast were saying, hey, we want to see this film, too. We don't have really accessibility to watch it. We're not going to drive three hours to go see it. Like, that's insane. So they were pushing for it. They were pushing for it. And basically, the theater chain was like, all right, we'll give you the movie for a week. Because, of course, when it premiered here, the Northman, it was going to go up against Multiverse of Madness. And we all know how that went. Um, the Multiverse of Madness took all the theaters. But they had the chance to watch it. And it was a little bit more distributed on the island. Not as well as it would be in, say, like, to use the example here, New York, where it'll have a bit more opportunity to go be seen. But in Puerto Rico, that's actually a really huge accomplishment for the Northmen. Same thing ended up happening for everything everywhere all at once, where, all right, it was just going to be in fine arts, now it's going to be, this time being in, like, six other theaters, more or less? It's five, six, give or take. And it was doing really well. In fact, some of those theaters still have them besides the Fine Arts Theater, the Indie House, the Art House Theater. So that is really good word of mouth for this film in a place where, honestly, in Puerto Rico, wasn't expected to do that well. Like, X, here, two weeks. All it lasted, two weeks. That's usually the average for A24 films if they go wide and not the Art House Theaters. So for everything everywhere all at once to still be in theaters and it premiered here late april early may right anna 
mm-hmm. it was very much after yeah. the time that everyone else had already seen it around that time and it's still doing well that's really good speaks very very highly of how this film is doing which i know we're hearing a lot about how it's doing and you don't know and maybe you know what it's about maybe you don't for those of you who don't here's the letterbox summary an aging chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save what's important to her by connecting with the lives she could have led in other universes this is the time where we would like to let everyone else in the podcast describe their experiences josie you said you saw it in imax quite jealous we didn't have that opportunity what was it like beautiful incredible because the first time i saw it was um got a press screen invite and it was like a surround sound tiny theater so that was cool (laughs) but again the screen was very small so to see it Listen, this IMAX is huge. This is like the extreme IMAX at Lincoln Square. So it was very religious. Like the fact that to see all of the screens, sometimes you have to turn your head. Now, Gabriela, you also saw this film. You got the chance to see it in New York at the Nighthawk. What was your experience like? What did you think of the film? So I watched it with one of my friends, David. And... Let's just say that the line in another life, I would have just like doing laundry and taxes with you has lived rent free in my mind <laughs> since March or April. Because I saw it like a week or two after it was released. So that line has lived rent free in my mind since I saw it. And also just, you know, when you watch something that it's like, yes, this is a film. This is cinema. Like, just watching something original and just not afraid of being what it is. No, not just a purely original film. An incredible film. And you're just like, yes, this is filmmaking at its finest. And the editing. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to the e- to the editor of this film. Yeah, I, I was like, what the fuck? How the fuck did you make this? And then I saw on Twitter that... It, it was edited on um, Adobe Pro. I was like, how the fuck? Did- Adobe, it was in a premiere? Yes, it was in Adobe. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck it didn't crash. So what? Much- <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how many- <laughs> how the- so the, the editor, he's a trooper here, okay? But that was amazing. Like, Damn, shot after shot, you know, those scenes where we see the main character in different universe so fast. Um, the part where we get to see, like, the Wonkan High. Um, <laughs> chef's kiss. And also, I'm really happy that... Kehong Kwan like came back to acting after all these years and he was so incredible it's uh, just, at this role Wayman I love it it's just like who, do- who doesn't read that script and is like yes I want to make this film uh-huh. cause like that script that's just like oh like that, that movie said really said cinematography because the cinematography was fucking spectacular. Yeah, and here we like Michelle Yo finally got like she showcased how much of a great oh, actress she is. So good. 
Yeah, and just like you said, it's been a while that I can I haven't seen such an original film. Exactly. In such a long time. <laughs> I came out really happy out of the theater. I get a photo of five. <laughs> what else? It's incredible. And just being in a theater that was packed that was packed with an audience that was reacting to the film as well was also such an incredible experience. What about you, Juan? What do you thought about the film? Well, real quick, fun fact to Gabriela's point about who would read the script and say no. Originally, fun fact, Aquafina was supposed to play the daughter in yeah. this film. I know. We don't talk about well, that. We were, we were blessed. We were we were blessed. We were blessed. She said no. Let us say as it was. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say she originally had the part, and I'm just here going, well. You said who would read it and say no. Well, she unfortunately had to say no to the part. Thank God she said no. <laughs> yeah, okay, next. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what else can I say? It's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece for me. It's one of the best films A24 has ever released. I love that they took a risk. I love when production houses actually take risks with films. It's one of the things I really admire about A24. Not every film may be a hit, like huge box office hit but it'll connect with people and it'll keep people coming back. This film definitely, in my eyes, has put more people on the board for more A24 films. The acting across the board is phenomenal. I loved Michelle Yeoh here. I felt she was robbed of an Oscar nomination for Crazy Rich Asians, and I will stand by that point. So the fact that she's already getting Oscar buzz for this film, it's fantastic. It's truly deserved, overdue even. Because her and Kei-Hui Kwong as Waymond, they're fantastic. They both deserve Oscar nominations. This film, for me, should be there. And if it's not there, I'm pretty sure it'll be at the Film Poser Awards. Just saying. Um, oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Everything, everywhere, all at once is winning Best Picture at the FPA. Damn. <laughs> the Batman is shaking. So um, what I also love about this film is how much the, re- the messages here resonate with so many people. Like, there's so many lessons here that people will learn, and it encourages everyone who wants this to be, like, regardless of if you are part of the current or even past generations, you know, it reminds us that we have to be open, that we have to be kind to people. It's just beautiful. So many beautiful messages. It's hard not to cry. I did not cry because um, I had to leave the movie theater at one point. I'm sorry. Um, I was, I'll explain that to the group chat at one point why I had to leave for a second uh, so I wasn't fully in it. I will be buying this on 4K Blu-ray. I need this in my collection. Loved it. I want the poster. Loved it. Oh, the poster's gorgeous. I want to frame it. Also, have you noticed a lot of posters recently have been using this kaleidoscope style? Like this Mm -hmm. one, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Dr. Strange, they all have a kaleidoscope style. And I'm living for it. This new trend. (laughs) I'm living for it. I love it. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis. Hello. She killed it. Again, yes. always, she always. understood her assignment, you know. <laughs> I just I, there, it's so hard to find a flaw in this film, it really is. And fun fact again, everything ever all at once has joined the coveted and unofficial because y'all are just finding out about this film posers five star club, where all four of us have rated this film five stars. The only other films to be in this club are Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Parasite. Because we have taste. It is among the elite. Mira, eso no pasa tanto. Three times. That's all I've seen. I did the math. I did the statistics. It's the third film. And we've seen a lot of films. 
So yeah, if you don't believe the hype, you should now. Don't walk to see this in a theater. Run. It's still available possibly in your local Rent. theater. Go. It won't be sold out, unfortunately, but you can get there. You won't have a problem finding a great seat, and that is how you should watch it in a theater. It is a film that I feel you should see in a theater if you feel comfortable with it, of course. Honestly, and bring some t-shirts just in case, because I, I left out like theater like crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And even though I have not seen a Wong Kar Wai film, even I got the reference because I was like, wait a minute, this looks familiar. I've seen Anna talk about this. And I looked it up afterwards, and I'm like, I was correct. A wow. Cinema. Poetic cinema. It is the definition of poetic cinema. Fun fact, it also surpassed Parasite as the most like, liked on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Yep. The best rated film. Let's use a quote for that film. The girls that get it, get it. The girls that don't, don't. <laughs> Now, we'd like to take a moment to talk to you about our sponsor, Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. And we're back. Thank you for listening to our sponsor. Now that we're back, we're going to get into some individual picks from our posers. Starting us off, we're going to go with Anna. Anna, what else have you been watching that you feel the posers should be checking out? Recently, Luska, like the Luska, the festival brought to Caribbean cinemas. Lately, they've been bringing a lot of anime content. We love to see that, okay? <laughs> My agenda is thriving. So, they recently brought Pompon the Cinephile, directed by Takayuki Hirayo. I'm sorry if I <laughs> can't spell the, the name correctly. And for those that you don't know, he directed Death Note, and he also directed Paranoia Agent, like, as a group. So, when I saw that this film was coming to theater, I was like, I need to watch it. I need to. So, for those that don't know, the story is about Gene, an assistant, that he is an assistant to a movie producer that she just produces B-movies. She caught his interest, and she was like, no, you know, I see something in you. And I know you're going to do big. So she makes him direct a film that she wrote. And oh my God, this literally is a love letter to those that, that they just really aspire to be a filmmaker. So it showcases the hardship and the creative process of making your own film. There was this one moment that I can relate it because the third act is mostly upon the own director editing his own film and you literally get to see like the process behind it the process of cutting a film and like scrapping everything those that really want to be a filmmaker like wow i have gone through that or the ones that already made their own short film they can relate it is also funny because there's some jokes that i'm like oh my god i i know this i know this kind of movie i know what they're talking about and there's this joke going around specifically how they were like, I don't like long ass movies because they're boring and a perfect movie has to be 90 minutes. <laughs> you know, damn, okay. And the way that the movie wraps up as a tiny ball, I was like, you know what? I love that. It just goes their way around from the very beginning. And if you ever get the chance to see Pump on the Cinephile, please do. 
you guys are not gonna regret it and i feel that it just has to be like one of those lists that hit like hey if you want to ever become a filmmaker you need to watch this movie to see what's about i feel that this movie needs to be there was that now, 90 minute joke made for josie mira because <laughs> 90 minute films are the best <laughs> josie felt seen in that scene and she hasn't even seen the movie Amen. I was like, the fact that she was like, 90 minutes movies, it. That's it. That's how long they're supposed to be. No longer than that. People lose interest in today's age. And I was like, damn, I feel attacked, but okay. <laughs> see? Also, don't be mad. I was going to see it in a theater, but because mm-hmm. of finals, me and my friend who were going to go, we couldn't go. And we were like, okay, it'll be there on Thursday. It'll be there on Thursday. It was not there on Thursday. They took it out. Oh, man. Imagine, Anna. I was ready. Support your agenda. And they took it away from us. When it comes to VOD, you have to see it. Yeah. It's really inspiring. Which, which, by the way, it'll come out on Blu-ray July 12th, which means it'll be around VOD around that time. So I will be renting it, and I will be texting you my thoughts. I will let you know what I think, because I do want to see it. It looks really cute. See, it's cute, it's wholesome, it's relatable. It's a good feel movie. <laughs> now, another movie that is not a good feel movie, <laughs> okay? The one that I watched um, is Sadness. Backstory. So, on Twitter, people were raving how, oh, this movie is so disgusting, I had to leave the theater. I was like, you know what, I kind of want to see it, I want to know what it's about. <laughs> but I didn't do my homework exactly what it is about you know like i just knew that it was zombies and people were disgusted i was like you know what that's my type of content if there's a zombie movie i'll be watching it okay i'm not saying as a recommendation i'm saying it as a warning for those that have shutter <laughs> for those that have shutter be warned um i'm okay with gore and blood you know it is also related to zombies but I wasn't expecting how violent, depraved, and extremely graphic this movie was. It felt to me that each scene has to be a shocker. Like, hey, how can we top each scene? It felt that the story, like story-wise, because, oh, it just crashed the surface. Because the thing is, it's just about like, oh, there's this pandemic going on. And suddenly people are starting to get sick around the neighborhood. And then the neighborhood is starting to spread out. That's it. Scratching the surface and you just feel that the movie was made for us to see how graphic it can be. And there was this one specific scene for those that watched it that I was like, I am out. I, I had to pause this movie. I'm like, this was a lot. I I had a breather. Five minutes later, I hit play, and I was like, "Damn, okay." I finished watching this movie, and I was like, uh, "I can't. No, no puedo. No puedo recomendar esta película. This is one of those movies that I can't say that it's good. It's just an absolute shocker to me. It can be on the list of disturbing cinema." that's the thing that I don't I personally don't fuck with <laughs> disturbing cinema this was it and 
just be warned if you want to see this movie. And if you're someone like me, you will never be watching this movie after that review. No, I will not no, survive will it. Not, no, I will not be rewatching it. I think it's just my first Taiwanese movie. I was like, oh my god, get the pasantaki. This is a lie. Strange fact. Even though that the movie is Taiwanese, the director is actually Canadian. The only interest that I got was like, how how did that work out? You know, like the whole process of um Taiwanese and the culture and such like that. But other than that, yeah, it's a película no la vean. <laughs> no, it's not for everyone. Yeah. So this <laughs> these were my other movies that I wanted to talk about. Okay, so not new. Um. I watched The House of the Devil because, obviously, those that don't know, it is directed by Ty West. I wanted to see, like, oh, he made X. Let's watch The House of the Devil. I actually wasn't surprised by this. Um, eh, I'm so sorry. I didn't like it as much. I thought I was going to like it because I like X, but this movie is just an incredible slow, slow burn that it just wasn't for me. Yeah, no, I've just heard that X is, like, his actual good film. Yeah! <laughs> like, some people might like the other ones, but at least from people I know that I trust that liked X, they said they didn't like the other ones, so I'm just gonna I'm... stay with X, because I really like X. Exactly! I'm gonna stay with X. <laughs> the House of the Devil, I felt like it... We got a glimpse of his aesthetic. But Aki, this movie is not for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I will not. Juan! <laughs> Hello? No, 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 the number one movie of the year. Scream? We've talked about Scream. We're not, we're not going to talk about Scream <laughs> right now. <laughs> I think it's an appropriate time. It's always an appropriate time. Do you mean the number one film in the box office worldwide right now? Exacto. That movie. So... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Don't worry, Gabriela. Gonna... It's not directed by Sean Mendes. No. no. I'm going to end my uh, list with this one. Thanks. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, Juan and I watched the incredible movie that is Top Gun Maverick. Mira. Yes, we did. Mira. I didn't like, I didn't like, I didn't vibe with the first one. I don't know if one agrees with me on that one. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it. I understood for when it was made, the advancement in technology wasn't as far as it is now. Mm-hmm. So what I realized, and I saw realized this on the second viewing, um, when I watched it with my mom, she was like, for you, this film was what for us, the first film was in terms of excitement, in terms of adrenaline, mm-hmm. in terms of the action, like. Top Gun Maverick for our generation is Top Gun 1984. Mm-hmm. Although the soundtrack of the first film, it slaps. I will defend it that. It slaps. Iconic. Truly. We love that. See. But Top Gun Maverick. Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm, oh boy. Honestly, este, I had no expectations watching this movie. But I came out of the theater like a new person. <laughs> I wasn't even planning on seeing it until I was like, I saw all these reviews coming out and they were like overwhelmingly positive and I'm like, oh shit, it's time I see the first one. And then I did, I'm like, okay, maybe the second one will be better. And then I was like, okay, I get the hype now. Get the hype now. See, 
me so this movie and story wise it was really great um emotional i didn't expect it to be too emotional because in the first film the emotional connection just wasn't there and in one scene for me it was there one scene it, yeah but it just it didn't fully click for me no not as much movie. as this film no not as much as that one scene in this film yeah i agree yeah yeah there's this one specific scene with Valkymer that i was like wow this was very powerful i wasn't expecting it um my theater some people were shedding tears you could hear the sniffs and then you could hear me being like now where's the lady gaga score i was expecting i showed up for her i didn't show up for tom cruise see but oh yeah oh yeah tom cruise he reminded us he reminded us that he is that guy okay he was like, I'm just gonna stunt on you all that I literally. am a pilot. <laughs> he literally stunted on us by doing his own stunts. Exactly. I was like, I can make this all by myself. Yeah, I'm gonna because he's a crazy person that's willing to die for a good shot. He made okay. If you guys see the behind the scenes and how they made the airplane scenes, he literally oh made people study and be like in a three month um intense of course yeah like how to fly a plane and like you know everything and technicality and i was like this man so so we all are aware that tom cruise also played the plane right yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He he actually auditioned to be the invisible plane in the wonder woman movie but um then they cut out that scene and then it was like irrelevant for him to cast be casted it was one. It was on stunts. If you all see everybody hyping it on Twitter, it's because it's real. Okay, the hype is real. Miles Teller, he was great. Yeah, we all know. Like, yeah, he plays the he plays Goose's son in this film, and I like the dynamic of Tom Cruise and Goose together. The third act. The third act is worth at. Because in the first film, I wanted action. I wanted some points. I wanted some zooms, you know, dogfights. We get it here. We do. A whole third course. <laughs> yeah, it manages down just... to the original. Uh-huh. I love Ivy Meal. I'm just laughing about how a friend literally texted me about this movie before <laughs> we started recording. It's a sign. You have to go see this movie. It's- Mira, y'all have to go see this movie. <laughs> and not on a streaming service. Listen, everyone that's listening, this isn't meant to be seen on a streaming service. We mm-hmm. we have like a medium sized screen, and we were felt and we felt robbed either way, because it deserves to be seen on a big screen, big screen. I saw it IMAX. I can attest to this. Saw it IMAX re- yesterday. It's worth it. <laughs> it was really cool. It's so- the cinematography. It is. The way, y'all, <laughs> and the behind the scenes are going back. This guy, <laughs> he literally said, we took 12 months just to try to, like, put the camera on a specific angle on the, on the plane. The dedication. I mean, I get it, because the, the plane shots in the first one were terrible. Uh-huh. I'm, like, it was so hard for me to follow a lot of what was happening. I just trusted them. <laughs> Oh, trust me. They fixed it here. 
Tom, they Tom Cruise took the notes. Because they just start filming random plays, and I'm like, okay, it's moving. What am I? And then, like, the shot would cut, like, two seconds in, and I'm like, what's going on? I'm tired. I have visual fatigue. Uh-huh. And I was like, in the first film, like, I'm sorry, the play scenes at the, like, at the finale, they were just there because they were there. It didn't serve a purpose, but here it serves a purpose throughout the whole story. <laughs> yeah, but also the way it channels people's anxieties it by being intense towards that third act, third act fight, uh-huh. it does what the first film should have done and extremely it's- well done, by the way. You know, dog fights. Dog fights were awesome. Amazing. Yeah, Josie, they, they do the fu- the planes really well here. Mm-hmm. They spent that budget. <laughs> they spent that budget, that one hundred and seventy million dollar budget. They spent it. Yeah, and you just can feel how much like love and passion they put on making this movie. Mm-hmm. But also, real quick, besides that, this uh-huh. this needs to be seen in theaters. Besides, that it needs to be seen See. in IMAX. It is the return to form of a true summer Hollywood blockbuster. When we say they just don't make films like this anymore, this is literally it. Like, the one who produced this was Jerry Bruckheimer. And you can tell his fingerprints are on it because it feels like a blockbuster. Like, when you were a kid and you saw Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time, in our case, we were born in the 90s. So this is going to relate to us. When we saw it, we were like, this is fun. This is an adventure. You wanted to be a pirate. You wanted to yeah. fight with Elizabeth Swan. It was the yeah. summer movie. Exactly. And I think what they managed to do here is bring back that excitement, bring back that like energy that we used to feel before. You know, when we were younger, obviously we appreciated blockbusters more. Now we get them every so often and maybe it's not as exciting every time. But this one manages to do that. Mm-hmm. It is fun. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go see this film, I know it's been very overhyped on film short. I know, I know. But listen, we're not lying. It is a really good film. Maybe don't go in with the highest expectations. Go in just looking to have a fun time. That's my best recommendation. And then once you're done watching it, join my Oscar campaign to get Lady Gaga her next Oscar for best original song. Juan, honestly, after you guys hyping it up and everyone on Twitter hyping it up, I'm expecting a goddamn masterpiece with this film. Same. Because people are screaming, crying, throwing up, shaking, (laughs) crying. Like, what is going on with this movie? Tom Cruise said, I'm bringing the big guns. The big guns. (laughs) He's bringing the top guns, not the bottom guns. Like, I, I am expecting a masterpiece. Sorry. Um, <laughs> a lot of people said it is. Like, if I don't, if I don't give this movie five stars, because if you were gonna have a conversation, Variety said it was oh, the best action it. film ever made. I gave it. A have they not seen John Wick? <laughs> well, take it up with Variety, sweetie. That's who you're gonna take that five star rating to. You're taking it to Variety for saying it's the best action film of all time. Oh no, not Twitter giving me a Top Gun tweet. Mira, I will not be accepting less than four, than four stars. stars. Yeah. This film is All right, Josie. Less. Josie, it's on. We're gonna go to the Nighthawk, and we're no. gonna watch it. I'm gonna go. I'm going to the IMAX at Lincoln Square. V- great choice, Josie. That's exactly where you need to go. Look, Gabriela, why am I going to the Nighthawk to pay when I'm already paying for the A list at AMC? <laughs> Fine, go to AMC. As long as y'all see it, we're good. Um, 
and then join me for my Oscar campaign because Lady Gaga, hello. She does what? Mm-hmm. That's because that's on what? Period. Period. <laughs> so yeah, that's our recommendation, Top Gun Maverick. Um, you gotta go see it in a theater. You gotta. Don't see it on yeah. a streaming service. I know sometimes it's not maybe most convenient option, but trust me, this is one of the films where I'd say <laughs> get to the theater. So moving on, Gabriela. What have you watched recently? So I watched a lot of films for my world cinema class, which I could do a ranking on films that were good versus one where I just took two hour naps. But that's another episode. So I'm going to talk about three things. Number one is the best film of 2022, which is not everything everywhere all at once, surprisingly. The best film of 2022 is 365 Days This Day. Oh, my God. God damn it. <laughs> and, you, and you complained to me for me sitting through after three. Wait, there's a third after film? Yeah. There's going to be a God, fourth, yeah, too. No. <laughs> oh. You said three, and I thought you were going to say 3,000 Years of Longing. Oh, no. I I know we're not supposed to talk about it. I haven't seen that film. Anyways, 365 Days, this day, which is a horrible title, is the sequel to 365 Days, which Josie and I saw together, but she refused to watch this one. Can I blame her? No. No, I don't blame her at all. This is somehow worse than the first one. But also the ending made me laugh so hard I was crying. And the ending alone made me want to give it five stars. Because it was so bad. It was a masterpiece. Do I really need to get into what this movie is about? No, but you need to explain that last part. What do you mean you were thinking of giving it a five stars? Because I was one. The ending was so ridiculous. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. And that was that hasn't hadn't happened in such a long time that I consider giving it a five stars, which is getting that reaction out of me. Cackling and tears were coming out of my eyes. Wow. Alright. Spoiler alert for 365 days. Not that anyone cares. It was not filmed on a leap year. That's why it's not called 366 days. That's the spoiler. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's the spoiler. Anyways, also who gave it the right for it to be two hours long? It was just two hours of pure sex. <laughs> In conclusion, um, when it's available to rent, please check out The Unbearable Weight of a Massive Talent starring Pedro Pascal <laughs> and Nicolas Cage. It's a much better use of your time. So, the next film I want to talk about is The Northmen, directed by Robert Eggers. Anyone here? watch it besides me yay okay just need Gabriela. to <laughs> ah. uh-huh. i'm sorry I I all over you. you can blame my finals i couldn't see it so the northman we here at film posters are big fans of robert eggers so we were so excited for his next film I really liked it. Like, as more time has passed since I saw it, the more I like it. I think I definitely, like, his directing style is one I really, really like. I love how he focuses a lot of nature, like, natural lighting. Like, he really likes that, and I really like it. And he, like, you know, I can never see a Robert Eggers film set in contemporary times. Like, I only accept period pieces from him. A vampire movie, when? (laughs) 
right? And I really like I really liked it. And also I also while I was watching it, I couldn't help but think like, damn, this would be really good on edibles. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, um Alice Scargard, um, Hillary carried the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. He did. He did. It's a one that the Nicole Kidman. Um, that scene, rent free, rent free on my mind, rent free. <laughs> my whole theater was like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think the highlight of my theater experience was when it ended and the guys yelled like a Viking when it ended and stood up and stood up and left. <laughs> the people that sit next to us, they were like a letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I know, I know my people. And I was like, our theater specifically after like our like hour ended, um, la próxima tanda was sold out. So a lot of people went and saw them. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, my theater, my theater was pretty full, but I did like it. I, again, as more time has passed, I like it more. So. At first, when I when I saw when I left the theater, I was like kind of like lukewarm towards it. But now I'm like I really like that movie because I also liked how you know the the recurring theme in Eggers' work is how it always leaves the question whether it's fantastical or not. So I really like you know the whole scene where he goes to take the sword. Like, did he really had to find like an undead being to get the sword? Did he really just go and pick up a sword and left? You know really engaged with the story mm-hmm. okay i know i'm engaged with the story if i don't like pick up my phone <laughs> yeah so me gustó eso este um i just tell joy a she was there for most part but again i just feel like a alexander Skarsgård was the one that shined the brightest in this movie este, you know that like, I'm a sucker for Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that scene where they started like dancing and singing, I was like, damn, okay. Yeah. Amazing. I wish we could have gotten more of Willem Dafoe. Same. Okay, we already we already knew that like, Ethan Hawke's character was gonna, you know, die within the first. 50 minutes but i wanted more the on this one yeah totally <laughs> but also the thing the thing about the north metro is that especially here in new york the promotion campaign was kind of iconic oh yeah, yeah. says that the entire you know the stations were filled with northman posters without the title <laughs> like just 10 out of 10 work and there was one like up right on the station where Josie and I get off to get to our apartment and just seeing it every day was just like, oh, we love you, Northman. But oh, dude, like, I don't feel that this is my favorite ever movie. Oh, it's not. No, it's not. It's it's a good movie. It's good. It's my not, favorite. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. I like it. I want to I wanna watch it again. But yeah, it's not my favorite, but I, I thought it was great nonetheless. And also the whole I'll avenge you, father. Yeah. I'll Question save you, mother. Three of you. <laughs> I will kill you. What? So, question to the three of you who have seen this film. Now, it's going to be on Peacock June 3rd. Would you recommend, since it's still in Puerto oh, Rico yeah. theaters, in fine arts, as of this moment? 
would you recommend Peacock or the theater going experience for this film? For the posters, well, maybe not. Oh, yo la vi en Dolby. Yo la vi en Dolby y eso fue una experiencia. Yeah. Yeah. I think just theater, theater for sure. Yeah. If you can, obviously. Noted. Like, again, hearing, I'll avenge your father. I will save your mother. Hearing the chant from being. Yeah, it's it's a good film. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. And again, I can't wait to see what Eggers does next. Please let it be a vampire movie, Vestie. Come on, make that vampire movie. Give this man the budget he needs. Let him do what he needs mm -hmm. to do. Take a risk, Hollywood. Yeah. And finally, the last thing I will be talking about is Star Trek. I can hear the excitement already. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support, Anna. No, I was just thinking about how Josie's gonna edit edit this episode. I'll keep it brief because if you want to hear more about my thoughts on Star Trek Picard, you can read read them over on mamasgeeky.com. But season two of Picard was not my favorite. It was very disappointing. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is which is the Captain Pike spinoff is giving what the what a new Star Trek TV show in modern times should give. Like, it is just the perfect combination of old Star Trek that was modernized because, obviously, Star Trek was made in the 60s, so some things are not did not age well. So Strange New Worlds is just it's doing it better. And the VFX and the actors and just everything about it is incredible. And just getting to meet this crew that was that we never got to see in the original series fully, other than Spock and Uhura. And even then, we are learning more about Spock and Uhura than we ever did in the original series. So I love that these characters are being branched out. I love the new characters, especially La Nunez Singh. I love her. And it's just such a great show overall. And yeah, it's just serotonin. It's it's the thing keeping me going, you know? <laughs> and also, I fully cried when the opening credits is the iconic space, the final frontier speech given by Captain Pike when we've only ever heard it being given by Kirk and Picard. So just having Pike get the justice that he deserves. And I'm just wondering, like, in terms of timelines, how long this show is going to last Because those familiar with Star Trek, you know what happens to Pike. So I'm just wondering if we're going to see the entirety of the five-year mission or if it's going to be cut short. That's the only thing I'm confused about. And we also don't know how many seasons they are planning with this show. Because with Picard, they always plan three seasons. And with this one, like they haven't said anything yet. Considering that Captain Kirk will be appearing in season two, that leads us to believe that it's probably going to be like a three season run too, because once Captain Kirk comes into the picture, Pike is gone. So who knows what's going to happen? And you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. But we're glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, anyways, watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds streaming on Paramount Plus. Great show. Thank you for that recommendation. Josie, what have you been watching? Olis. So I'm just gonna list them off. Um, I watched the new season of Bridgerton and I can quote the the scene. 
by memory, but I'm not going to do that now. So Do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you are the bane of my existence and the object of all my, my desires. Um, so, yeah. Uh, eh, kind of indifferent. I don't think one is better than the other. Even though, like, the only thing is I'm not the biggest fan of Daphne. So I was kind of biased towards this season. And I do love, I'm blanking on his name now because it's been a while. I love that Bridgerton brother. So I was happy this season was focused on him. Um, I watched the Anthony, yes. I love him. People hated him in the first season. I'm like, yes, he's annoying, but Daphne is worse. So the lesser of two evils. <laughs> um. Watch the Wild season two. Got to interview some of the uh, members of the cast for Hollywood Crit- Critics Association. So if you'd like to see that, head on over to their YouTube channel. Veti veti cool. This season like mixed. Um, well, it doesn't mix them, but it did bring in boys to the plot. And there are two separate islands, and we're just seeing. Um, their progress at different levels and intervals so it's kind of deals with that it doesn't take away from the fact that it is a show surrounding women and how they react and interact with each other because a lot of people were worried about that but i think they handled it really well i also liked it that that the dynamic the guys brought in um it doesn't affect the girls in any way so it was just a good b plot so to speak uh watched undone and Got to collaborate with Amazon Prime on that. Please watch it. Um, I watched it for the first time because of that collaboration after they approached. And I am so upset it took me this long. It is so good. Especially if you do like everything ever all, all at once. Kind of is in that vein. And it's with Rotoscope. And it's so beautiful. And it has a wonderful Latino cast. So totally recommend. What we do in the shadows. Started watching the TV show after I watched the movie. And yes, I like it. Finished season one. Love it. <laughs> Finished First Kill, which will be, if I'm not mistaken, on Netflix June 10th. Can't talk about it under embargo, but um, support Victoria Schwab. And yes, that's all I'll say. It was filmed in Savannah, so it made me very nostalgic. Stranger Things. Finished it in a day and a half. Very proud of myself. I'm in the middle of it. it. (laughs) No spoilers. But I like this season. I wouldn't say it's my favorite one, but I don't know where I rank it quite just yet. Our flag means death, which got renewed. Freaking love that show. It is great. Please give it a chance. I I, Like, it's not even queer baiting. It's just queer. It's queer. Watch it. If you want some queerness this month, watch Our Flag Means Death and then rewatch it and rewatch it until July. Josie made me watch it, and I'm so glad she did. Muy bien. Yes. Episode 8 is my favorite. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like crossing everything out. So, Time Traveler's Wife. Been watching it with Gabriela. Oh, one. right. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine is in the show, Natasha Lopez. Please watch Puerto Rican Realness. Um, yes. It's uh, a first to watch for me. Yeah, I'm supporting <laughs> I'm supporting Isabesti. Yes. We're supporting Natasha. And it's also Mm -hmm. very much. It is nice to see Latinos in a TV show without being about Latinidad. They just exist because literally we exist. We're everywhere. (laughs) So include us in your media. Would you say we are everything? We are everywhere. And we are all at once thriving. Amen. 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 
So, of course, I watched the first Top Gun to gear up for the second one. Uh, Gabriela and I got to watch Crimes of the Future. It was it was a movie. Review really coming soon. Yeah, review coming soon. Not really going to talk about that much because review coming soon and the movie isn't out yet. Should be out this weekend. Um, I watched The Valet and Hulu and I really liked it. Very surprised with that one. It's very wholesome and I cried. So please watch Apoya. Um, of course, Chippendale, 3,000 Years of Longing, which premiered at Cannes, and I can't talk about it. Oh, we can't talk about it? No, we can't talk about it, but I'm just saying it exists. We watched it. It's out there. Don't ask us how. It's a thing. It's a film. It's the movie. (laughs) Um, Picando Dante, just want to give it, like, a special shout out. He's good. He's good. Is a good, good. It's good movie, and hopefully, it um, it's able to screen at New York Latino Film Festival because it will make me very happy because I want to see it on a big screen. the Truman Show. I watched it for the first time since it was the film at Cannes this year because it was like the poster and everything, and I still I, I did not look up why. But it just like my main thing was that I was curious. The art was beautiful because they used that final climactic scene of the film. And yeah, I watched it for the first time and I really liked it. And it made me feel like I was at Cannes, even though I wasn't. <laughs> but it's it's I love the script. It's one of my favorite films. It's such a great film. Mm-hmm. And that I'm is so everything fun. from me. So to wrap this episode up, I have not watched a lot because of finals. Um, most of the things I've watched, I've already discussed. Um, but now that the semester's chokehold has been removed from me, it's over for the content. I'm going to start watching more content. And last night I started watching Love, Victor, finally. I know my best friend Coral is ecstatic that I finally got to watch it. Um, I watched season one. I started at like 9 p.m. I was binging the whole thing and I was going to finish it at 2 a.m., then the internet went out during the last two episodes. It did not come back on Time Besties. So I had to wait till today. Finish season one, finish season two, right before I finished Heartstopper. And I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I think it's such a great show. It's wholesome, comforting, funny. I'm honestly glad that the generation growing up now has this as a show which is really great representation not just with a latino lead but it's also lgbtq plus representation it's a very well-written show it's very smart the cast is incredible again praising the casting it is fantastic what they have done casting wise here everyone is so good it's a, such a likable cast i i just love it as a fan of the movie, I love the movie Love, Simon when it first came out. The show not only does the movie justice, but it also takes the conversation further. Like in season, an episode, in one episode, in the first season, there's an episode of the homophobic grandfather, which is something that I've seen a lot with Latinx families. Uh, usually there's a member in their own family resembling similar characteristics of homophobia, making these similar kinds of comments. And the commentary that is made with that episode is quite it's quite moving it's really great to see that on a i don't know if i'd say mainstream show it's on hulu it's really great um it's not as big as maybe i think it is i don't see that much talk about it but it should be 
Um, season three comes out June 15th on Hulu and on Disney Plus, which is interesting. Because when it first came out, it was it couldn't be placed on Disney Plus because I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but quote, the content was too mature for the children that were going to be watching the service, which is definitely not the case, but also partially the reason why we also never got the proper Lizzie McGuire revival. But now it's coming to Disney Plus as well as where it started on Hulu. So progress? Question mark? I don't know. I'm just glad people are going to be able to see it. I'm excited. I want to see the third season. It looks really, really good. Um, season two leaves us on a cliffhanger and I was like screaming, screaming because I don't know what happens next. So I can only imagine what it was like when people saw it last year for the first time and then having to wait a year for that. So yeah, love this show. So glad I discovered it. I don't binge watch shows day to day as in I don't watch one show on a certain day and then finish it right away. I have to really love a show for that to happen. And for me to have been able to do that with Abbott Elementary, Heartstopper, Love Victor, like Josie had mentioned previously, I think this is a great spot to end on. TV is really stepping up their game. TV is really some of the best it, it has really been. Is. And it has been more inclusive. And I think people are responding to that. And I think that's fantastic. And we need more stories like this that are positive that are entertaining and that make us feel good and happy that's what we need in life really. so since we're approaching the highly anticipated movie season summer movie season posers is there a film coming out that has you really excited fire of love july 6th be there <laughs> yes amen um <laughs> well, y'all look, up. look, I know I have like four options to choose from. Bodies, bodies, I bodies, was going to say that one just now. Puerto Rico. Caribbean mm-hmm. cinemas. I don't know if you're listening Marcel to this. Marcel the Shell. Marcel the Shell. It looks cute. Yeah, it actually comes out this month in the States. So there's no release date here yet, but here's hoping. Uh, good luck to you, um, Leo Grande. Caribbean cinemas. I don't know if you're... Good, good luck. Good luck to you. My choice. Good luck to you, Leo Grande. June in Hulu. Other than Bodies, 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 Crimes of the Future is coming to Puerto Rico on June. So, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Bodies, 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 Gary Gansinamas, I don't know if you're hearing this episode. You might. <laughs> Listen, I am begging, manifesting a release date in Puerto Rico for it to come out the day it premieres in the U.S., August 5th. It is August. It is my birthday month. I don't ask for much. I'm a Leo. That says a lot about me. Please bring this film. It comes out the same day as Bullet Train starring Bad Bunny. I need to do that double feature of of Bullet Train and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It is not a want. It is a need. I am ready to spend the money. Come through for me, please. Come through for the cinephiles of Puerto Rico. Ana, speak on it. What are you waiting for, honestly? I hope que por lo menos sea en fine arts, if it's not gonna be a white movie. That's fine. I'll take fine arts. What? I'm not picky. Yeah. I'll take fine arts of Ato Rey, happily. If it's there, I'll be happy, because then I can just drive to another theater to see Bullet Train afterwards. I am ready, willing, and able. I just need y'all to come through for me. What if you please? Oh, yeah, and Lightyear <laughs> and Thor Love and Thunder. I'm excited to see y'all, too. Hopefully in IMAX. Well... That's all for today's episode. 
We hope you enjoyed this comeback episode. It's the summer of the film posers. So we hope you'll be tuning in for our future episodes. We'd like to thank you for listening and to give a shout out to all the kind people sending love our way. If you'd like to keep up with us, make sure to follow us at Film Posers on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Where can they find you, posers? You can find me on Twitter at Gabby underscore Burgos 27 and on Letterboxd at Gabby Cristina. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Ana underscore Sofia 53 on Letterboxd as Ana underscore Sofia. You can find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at Leading Mohicans. Again, thank you for listening. And remember, we're all film posers. Bye. 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 Bye.